Welcome to Building the Future, hosted by Kevin Horick. With millions of listeners a month, Building the Future has quickly become one of the fastest rising programs with a focus on interviewing startups, entrepreneurs, investors, CEOs, and more. The radio and TV show airs in 15 markets across the globe, including Silicon Valley. For full showtimes, past episodes, or to sponsor the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Steve Pappas. He's the Senior Vice President and Head of North American Operations and Global Chief Marketing Officer at PamViva. Steve, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kevin. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. I, I think what you guys are doing at PamViva is actually probably, arguably, the most important thing that companies need to focus on. They don't always focus on. But maybe before we get into all that, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up. Sure, sure. So I grew up in Massachusetts. Okay, very cool. Um, basically, uh, yeah, it, start, it started off in in uh, in Mass. I've uh, I've lived in Florida, lived in California, and now back in beautiful New Hampshire, where we have four seasons. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. So what did you take in university and why? So in, in university, it was kind of interesting. I had always had an interest in computers uh, okay. growing up. Um, and uh, I was the kind of kid that loved to take everything apart, everything electronic. Nice. I took it apart, put it back together, figured out how things work, and it drove my parents crazy. <laughs> um, but what I found was... I like this. I like to understand how things work. Sure. And what they didn't, they probably didn't get at the time was I was going to be one of those kids that just had a thirst for knowledge. I still okay. do to this day, 50 some odd years later. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the guy that's always learning. I'm taking courses all the time. I'm uh, trying to figure out uh, new areas to become expert in because honestly, I think if I'm not learning, I'm not happy. No, I, I totally get that. I, I feel like I'm the same way. I'm 36, but I, I think a lot of people seem to give up learning maybe in their early 30s or, or 40s, I, I would guess. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I, I think they do because um, some of them equate it with the drudgery of test taking and the, the, you know, the problems that they may have encountered rather than the satisfaction action of the learning itself sure. and i was always i'm part of a family that that had many teachers in it okay so i don't think i really had much of a choice but <laughs> to be a lifelong learner sure because i understood that learning and continuously evolving not only what i do allows me to bring more value to whatever job i had at the time sure. um rather than you know, saying, well, gee, I'm at the edge of my knowledge here. I, I will go out and find the way to understand and almost become expert in that. Not that I want to profess my expertise, but I, I want to be able to provide more value. And if it's not just to the company, it's to the customers that we ultimately serve at the end of the day. No, totally makes sense. So walk me through your journey up until what you're doing today. I know you've been at the company for almost 11 years now, 
or, or maybe a little bit longer than that, but walk me through your journey up until Panviva. Sure, sure. So, um, well, let's let's go back in time just a little bit. Sure. So I've I've had six startups. Wow. And um, all, all successful, um, and I think some of them I was just crazy to do. And I think I think for startups you have to have the crazy gene sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because you go into the unknown and figure it out sometimes on the fly. Sure. But my first. My first business was, um, and you'll probably laugh, I had my eye on a shiny new 1982 black Trans Am. Okay, with fair the enough. With the T-top roofs. Sure. And it was 13600 at the time, brand new, and my family didn't have anything near that, nor was anybody going to give it to me, so I had to figure out how to get it. Okay. So I, I looked around, and, and this, this was in the... Um, in the winter time, and I said, "Gee, I really would like that to go into my senior year of high school." And um, I mean, sorry, my senior year of college. And I said, "Okay, this is going to be great." So what I did was I I rented an ice cream truck for the spring, summer, and fall. Okay. And I busted my rear end. I probably drove somewhere between. Eight o'clock in the morning and ten o'clock at night, I would end at the, the softball and baseball fields, and I did that every single day for all three seasons. That it was nice enough out, and people wanted the ice cream truck guy, right? Wow! And at the end of that, I remember the end of September. I was counting the money I had saved up, and I was just shy of the number. Okay. And um, and then I had one long, beautiful weekend early in October, and I was able to push it over the edge. That's and amazing. And I went down to the uh, to the Pontiac dealership, which doesn't even exist anymore, <laughs> and I plunked down the money in a treasurer's check, and I said, "That's the one I want." That's amazing. And uh, that was that was that got me the bug, right? And sure. then I finished university. Uh, I. I went to work for a, a government contractor. I had a lot of great offers because I worked uh, on an Air Force base uh, for four years during during the university. So I got a, a great amount of computer background. I was writing Fortran and COBOL programs, which now people don't even know what those are going through uh, coding school today. Sure. But I was doing accounting, building accounting programs for the Air Force. So when it was time to re- be recruited, um, I was getting some really good offers and ended up going to work for a government contractor, um, realized that that was a really uh, strange kind of an environment that you have to you have to either really like or not. Sure. But all of a sudden, I was running the office automation for the whole federal systems group, about 12,000 people for this company. Wow. And I was dealing and interacting with salespeople that were selling this new thing called an IBM PC, which <laughs> it was revolutionary. Sure. And I'm, I'm talking to them and I'm saying, gee, how, how's business? Oh, we're killing it. We're, we're doing really. I said, well, I want to do that. So I, I left and I went to work for one of the largest software distributors at the time. There were the top three. I worked for the third largest. And I got the sales bug at that point, too, because, you know, not only did I have the ice cream truck, 
But then I got that sales bug. And as you can tell, I love talking to people anyway. And it just clicked. It really clicked. So technology was in my blood. But rather than creating the technology, I was making sure that I provided solutions to people. And I was a very consultative uh, seller. And that was great. But there was still something a little missing. I, I wanted to run my own show. And I always thought that because we had some people in our family that were entrepreneurs that, and I got great advice from them, uh, even from my father, all the way to an uncle that, that had uh, 40 some odd uh, food trucks all around the, the New England area. Uh, I said, you know, I really think, think this would be good. So I started embarking on my, my string of startups that were okay. mostly in the travel business, okay. uh, also travel technology. Uh, and then my last one was a charter airline. I okay. actually started my own charter airline. Wow. And uh, yes, that was where the crazy gene kicked in because <laughs> nobody in their right mind starts an airline Interesting. And does all the paperwork themselves because they didn't know better. Sure. So, so how did that go? Did you exit? Did you shut it down? Walk us through that. So, uh, yeah. So I uh, I ran it for two years because the reason why I started it was I realized that there wasn't enough inventory of seats in the holiday times right. uh, from Boston to the Caribbean. Okay. So whether that was Puerto Rico, the Dominican, etc. So I put planes on going back and forth and allowing family to visit family for reasonable costs and um, not be gouged by what the airlines were charging the top dollar because it was holiday time. And we were full and I did that for two straight years. On the third year, the airlines approached me and said, hey, are you going to lease our planes again? And I looked and I said, you know what? I'm hearing rumblings that my success is causing other people to say they can do it. Uh, and now I could smell the competition was coming in the area. So I basically uh, backed off and said, you know what? I'm not going to be leasing this year. Interesting. That made a lot of people unhappy. But um, the reality is there were others that tried to jump in. They didn't do it the same way that we did. Um, and they ended up not continuing. Interesting. Um, and the reason why I think we were successful is because I've always lived by a mantra of the customer is at the center of the universe. Okay. And that was instilled in me by my dad, my mom, and my uncle, that you always over, um, over service your customer and you treat them like the most important person. Sure. And we used to have uh, people, hosts on every one of our flights. At the time, people didn't have tablets and stuff. So sure. we had the coloring books and the crayons and oh, the, the games for adults like Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune type games. And we made it an experience. Interesting. And people absolutely loved that approach. And and I decided, no, that wasn't going to be it. But all of my other investments, I sold all of the rest of them for profits along the nice. way. And, um, and then decided to go back and use the knowledge that I learned in my six startups, which, which also included creating call centers to back up uh, some of these, had a TV show. Um, but, you know, I said, you know what? I've learned a lot of survival techniques that would be valuable to um, uh, companies that are in the growth stage sure. or even companies that are looking for turnaround experts. 
And that's pretty much what I've done ever since that point. Um, I've, I've been a turnaround expert and a, a growth guy and um, always keep the mantra of the customers at the center of the universe. And it's, it's really served me well. Very cool. So how did you get to Panviva and what exactly do you guys do? So, um, so I was recruited um, into Panviva uh, by the board at the time okay. that was, so we're originally headquartered in Australia, oh, in wow. Melbourne, Australia. Cool. And uh, they were looking to expand into the North American market. Sure. So I was part of the, um, uh, the initial team that was hired. Uh, so they did a search for who could run, you know, run this operation. Um, and they came to me and, and I said, okay, well, what's the product? And uh, they said, wow, it's, it's in the knowledge management space. And I said, no, 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 that's okay. Uh, knowledge management, been there, done that, um, got the t-shirt, that's been perfected. And they said, no, 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 no. You got to look at the way we approach the problem. Okay. So I gave them another, another, uh, another shot. We met again. I got a demo. I talked to customers. And then I realized that every company in the knowledge space was approaching a problem um, in a different way than Pandiva. Pandiva was approaching it in, in really showing companies how to rethink their tribal knowledge, as well as the policies and procedures that they run their organization on for every employee to be able to get to every answer they need in three clicks or less. That was almost nirvana to my ears. I, I couldn't even believe it. And then when I dug in, I realized this is real. This is, they, they, they looked at a problem and they approached the problem differently. So they created a solution to solve that, that information chaos that happens in every company that's got 50, 50 or more uh, employees, the, the silos, multiple sure. silos, that is usually where a lot of companies go wrong in the information area. They, they create a single source of truth and they approach it from, there's a payload. Whenever an employee is doing something, whether it's a task, an interaction or a transaction, they need, they need multiple things, right? They need the answers at their fingertips so they can be confident, so they can provide the absolute best service they can to the customer at the time, whether it's in front of them, on the phone, et cetera. But they also need to know how to navigate a myriad of applications that we all have to deal with today, whether it's a CRM system, or other quotation, proposal, whatever the systems are. So they need to have navigational skills. And then they also need soft skills um, given to them. What do I say? What do I do? What do I avoid saying? What is not sanctioned at this point? And there's a, there's a veil over all of that of how do I remain compliant so that I'm keeping the interests of the company at heart and making sure that my customer feels like they're the most important thing to us. And sure. the customer experience really is what we drive. And that was, I got hooked at that point. And I said, where, where do we sign and how do we get started? And, and let's, let's build uh, an incredible future. Very cool. So how do you guys work with an organization and do you guys work in certain verticals or are you guys vertical agnostic or how does that work? 
It's a real good question. Um, now, if you if you look at us on a global basis, we are vertical agnostic. Uh, here in the U.S., as you can imagine, the way I run the the, the organization here is, sure. I believe you focus. So, okay. especially when I'm growing a business, you've got to focus. So we started off in the healthcare business, <clears throat> and I directed the business to start with healthcare uh, payers, okay. insurance companies, sure. like the Blue Crosses and, right. and other insurance companies. And then I said, you know, once we get to that proverbial tipping point, then we move a degree left or a degree right. So that brought us into hospital systems, Smart. health okay. systems, uh, urgent care, uh, chains of imaging centers, then chains of urgent care. But we stayed true to the focus. And that allows you to grow a business because, I mean, you know, uh, let's look at the U.S. It is such a massive market to sure. build to begin with. If you're looking at U.S. and Canada, you've sure. got other issues, data sovereignty issues and privacy issues you've got to keep in mind. So once you develop expertise, you really should stick close to that till you expand that beyond uh, that tipping point, then expand to the next one. So then, then we when then we started moving after a few years, we got to maybe 25% of the U.S. market wow. in that. Then we move more to financial services. Gotcha. Uh, everything from credit unions on up to the largest banks, the largest lending companies. Um, and then you move to insurance, uh, you move to uh, utilities, et cetera. So it, it really is a phased approach when you're looking at the U.S. market because in some of my other positions, I would take American software global. So I, sure. I, my experience is 54 different countries wow. building distribution, building offices, uh, distributors, et cetera, and setting those types of things up. But when you're building the U.S. as a as a main market, um, you really have to focus. Otherwise, you can run yourself into the ground and you know before you know it, you're looking for more capital every time you turn around. No, fair enough. So... How do you actually implement your guys' approach into an organization and actually get buy-in from leadership, the employees, and kind of everybody in between? A real good question. So, um, so the first part is we look for companies that are more progressive, that okay. understand that information is the key to success right how you serve information to your employees to your customers to any channel you think of is really the key to success it's the how you do it right so so if you're thinking about any of the factors if it starts with the word how it's generally about a policy a procedure an instruction set things things of that nature in many cases it's companies that want to to really cherish the asset of tribal knowledge. How did we become a world-class organization? How we do the things we do is generally what needs to be captured and created as, as an asset that needs to be fed properly, right? So we look for those types of companies and, and there are a lot of them around. Some of them, you know, give lip service to it, but uh, for the most part, You've got people inside at the top that say that's real important. 
and capturing the knowledge before it walks out the door, capturing the knowledge before the baby boomers retire, capturing that knowledge so that you don't have to reinvent yourself too many times along the way is very important, right? Because sure. it walks out much faster than you could imagine these days. Sure. So, so we do that. We, we look for those. And then from the minute we talk to them, we, we ask them specifically about um, the way they operate. Okay. So we go in and we look at all of their, you know, all, all of the way they do things. I mean, we will sit in a contact center if that's the area of the business. Okay. And we'll sit in there for a few days or a week and okay. listen to the problem sets first. Listen to how do they handle things today. And most of the time, it's kind of all over the place. But I'll give you a key. If we walk in and we can see sticky notes around a monitor or on the walls, we know they have a process issue. Right? Interesting. Because you don't need sticky notes if you've got all your policies, procedures in a system that you access quickly. We look to see if there are binders. Okay. We look to see if there are lots of things tacked up on the cubicle walls or on the walls, right? So there are telltale signs quickly that allow us to ascertain um, that they have a fundamental need to optimize their procedures. And it's really not about the storage of information. So that's where a lot of companies go wrong. It has nothing to do with how you store information. So we all, you know, every company has SharePoint, they've got shared drives, they've got many different ways of storing information, Dropbox, Box.net, sure. et cetera. The, the problem is not about how you store information. It's how someone can access it at the moment they need it. So it's really about architecture not about storage. Interesting. And that's the piece that sometimes is missed sure. on, oh, with a lot of folks. And that's, that's the, what we instill in them. We, we basically have a, uh, it's kind of a, a re, rethinking their information. And um, we have a, a huge ecosystem of partners all okay. around the world that are certified in our methods, our okay. methodology. Okay. And they go in and they do what we call a ready, set, go, which really uncovers all of the issues to optimize. Okay. It does a, a situation analysis, a gap analysis, and it, it really figures out. And this is done in three days. This is oh, wow. not Quick. something that you're going to look at over the course of a year. This is done in three days and then a content inventory of what have you got written? Where is it? In what format? Oh, maybe it's in people's heads. So how, let's get it out of the heads of the people through an interviewing process. And all of our partners know how to uh, manage that process very quickly. It's like a one-week kind of an engagement. Okay. And then the company Im implements our system, and they start uh, taking that, that content and putting it right into our system. And our system even helps you put it in. So... It's not a it's not a difficult process. We've we've had customers that are up and running with all new new uh, procedures in 30, 40 days. Oh, wow, so very it, quick. It is a it's a real quick process. Now, the caveat is our processes ever done, right? They're changing right. Sure. every night, regulations, things like that. And even the maintenance 
and the ongoing changes are a breeze. I mean, generally, most of our clients say it's about a quarter of a full-time employee or a half of a full-time employee to maintain it at the highest levels. So you might have a trainer or a subject matter expert that splits their time between um, you know, putting in all the changes that are happening just because the business changes, keeping them you know, up at the up at the top level, and maybe then they train half the time, et cetera. So it's a perfect marriage of that. But the key, and most of our customers will tell you, the key is the system and the process helped us rethink our information, not for today, but for the future so that we can grow and, and we can weather any storm that hits us. And we captured all that tribal knowledge and we can optimize it for the future. Okay. No, that that's awesome. I, I think that's great. So you mentioned something that I want to dive a little bit deeper into. So you guys built software that they put their stuff in or how does that work? It's exactly it. Okay. So okay. Um, just, to, just to backtrack a little bit. So the company was really developed um, based on a consultancy and a uh, methodology model. Okay. Right? So originally, gotcha. Pandiva was a consulting company gotcha. that consulted on how do you reformat your information. And at the time, it was in paper in the 90s. Right? Sure. Um, and we would go into very large SAP implementations, Siebel, uh, all of those types of massive implementations, help them rethink their information that employees need so they can access it quickly but rethink it with a methodology. So gotcha. I don't know if you're, if you're familiar with the term information mapping, but yeah. at the time, information mapping was a company that was uh, developed in uh, Belgium and in Massachusetts. The same time, Pandiva was doing a very similar thing in developing an information mapping methodology. How do employees around the world and different generations prefer to get information so that they can turn it into action in the shortest amount of time with the highest level of comprehension and success, ultimately making the, each transaction or interaction successful, right? Um, and that was the methodology. But then of course, um, customers started saying, well, we need it right on the computer. We need it on our screen. Yeah. So that's when our founders went into the proverbial back room, worked with uh, some engineers and said, we're going we're gonna to morph into a technology company, a software company. Smart. And uh, it, as it happened, some of the first customers in Australia were just very demanding customers because they were using us in, either in their contact center or in critical areas of healthcare and things like that. Right. So they'd be ringing up uh, customer support, say, hey, how about this enhancement request? How about this? So what happened is the technology progressed very quickly from uh, what it originally came out in 2001 wow. to when we entered the U.S. market in 2007-2008. Sure. Interesting. So you talk about this omni-channel omni knowledge cloud, and you mentioned omni-channel what does that mean to you guys and how do you guys implement that? Because it, that is such a important part of this whole discussion 
but I think a lot of people don't think of it like that. So do you want to talk about why that's important and, and how you guys use that? Yeah, absolutely. An omni-channel is not quite a pervasive term yet. Um, most people are thinking in terms of we need to make sure we are where our customers want us to be, right? sure. that we can communicate with our customers on every device with every method from our web. Maybe they create web portals. That's a channel. Sure. Maybe the customer self-service. That's a channel. Uh, maybe it's our our phone system, when they dial in and they punch one for this, two for that, and three for more information, that's a channel, right? right. The, the mobile app is another channel. Uh, if they can do customer service through a Twitter stream, that's another channel. Gotcha. Or maybe now they're even talking into the air in their, in their living room and saying, Alexa, yeah. um, can you check on my claim from my car accident? Sure. Right? Again, another channel. Well, that has morphed. Those are what we were calling multi-channel, that, sure. that you needed to keep developing the way you can communicate or the way customers can communicate or work with you as multi-channel. But the reality is, is that now you almost have to be in all of them, sure. right? So the bar has been set um, to be omni-channel, meaning you're, you're able to offer all these methods for your customer to use where they feel comfortable and they can switch channels. They may start out on one channel and then move to another channel. Like maybe at two in the morning, they, they just can't sleep because their refrigerator is not working and they're typing. And all of a sudden they realize they're typing with a chat bot. Uh, that's not a human, sure. but they come to a critical point and they, and the chat bot says, ah, I think I need to transfer you to a live agent to, schedule that's for you. We'll have a technician come out to you. And so meaning they, they switched channels um, seamlessly. So sure. the omni-channel really is going to become the standard of the future for all businesses. They have to go that way. The customers are demanding it. And that's just going to be a fact that you have to really factor into your business planning, right? Sure. Now, the, the important part of omni-channel is one channel cannot differ from the other channel. Meaning if you call the contact center and you get one answer, but you're on with a chat bot later that night uh, and you get a different answer, right. and you went onto their website and you got a third answer, guess what happens to your brand? Yeah, People fair. just don't trust. They start to say, well, wait a minute, why am I getting different answers? That has been the fundamental flaw in most companies' execution of omnichannel sure. is that they've created separate silos of information that don't talk to each other, so they can't synchronize and update properly. Sure. Our approach with our new product coming out next month, which is called the Digital Orchestrator, is we looked at that problem and we said, that's the problem we have to solve. Sure. So we solved it with a single source of truth, okay. a, a one repository that is powerful enough to be able to serve all of your channels and create the answers that are fit for each channel. Meaning if, 
if you um, if you call the contact center and you said, hey, how's the weather? They'll say, bring an umbrella. But if you asked Alexa, Alexa, what's the weather? She would say, there's a 70% chance of rain tonight, Kevin. It would be a good idea to bring your umbrella. Gotcha. So each channel has a little different version, similar information, right. but a little different version based on what's expected from that channel. Smart. And you have to understand those nuances. We call it micro content that has to be fit for channels. So in our system, we also have what's called a content curator because okay. we all we're building content you're building procedural information that your employees are going to use but then repurpose that and be able to tag or slightly change each snippet for each channel it's sure. honestly it just takes a few minutes to do but the difference in how your customer views it is massive because now all the answers across the omni channel are being are being served from the same root base information with it being tailored properly to the channel. And then of course you can personalize it even further. And that's, that's the, the problem we needed to set out to solve is that you may be using Pandiva to solve your human capital um, initiatives internally, make sure your employees have every in information in three clicks or less. Make, and then you serve it up through either our use of APIs, which allows you to connect us to any app you've got or any technology, or you need something that is fit for the omni-channel, and that's where our digital orchestrator with curation of content fit for each channel comes into play. And you know, quite frankly, it's probably gonna be the biggest launch of a new product that we've ever had in the history of the company cool. because it solves a massive problem no well it solves a massive problem for the consumer and correct me if i'm wrong here or sorry your clients well and their customers but correct me if i'm wrong here right your biggest value prop to your clients is sure they might have to keep their content updated as they change but they don't have to build their own software to make sure they're running on all the latest platforms and doing all the latest integrations with different hardware, software, and other devices that are coming out because you guys just handle that and they might need to go in and tweak content for a new service they or product or, or whatever they decide to add but if they had to handle that, you basically need an army of developers and designers to make that happen. And most companies can't do that, don't want to do that, or for a number of other reasons aren't in the business of doing that, or all of the above. Is that fair to say? Is that kind of a very simplified version of what you guys do? You're spot on. Okay, You're, you're awesome. really spot on because, because that, that scenario there really lends itself to... If this is not for the faint of heart, right? I mean, we're sure. now in our 12th generation of our product. Wow. Right? So if a company says, well, we're going to go build that in, in some other tool, whether it's sure. SharePoint or some other tool, we're going to go build that same thing that you've perfected over the years with all of the, the expertise that has gone into it. 
And usually I say, you know, I, I've been in and out of a lot of universities <laughs> and the ability to code is there, but not how, how um, employees or customers require the knowledge to be served to them. It's really about the delivery to make sure that the delivery sure. is right. That's the key to the success at the end of the day. The content has to be in there. And our system helps you put it in, helps you stay coloring within the lines, right? right. Um, and it supports you all along the way. But um, it's really a, a difficult thing to have that army of developers to do that. I mean, you know, you, you'd end up spending millions, yeah. probably need a massive army to do it. And at the end, you're going to have a version one. Yeah. So, I mean, how long is a, a business willing to wait to be able to use that and maybe version one is not strong enough. Maybe you got to wait for version two or version three, whereas our system is cloud-based. It's a, it's a SaaS tool. Sure. All they need is a, a subscription to it. We can have them turned on in an hour sure. and they can be affecting their content right away because we have all of our training. Uh, everything is online. And if they need help from a partner to come in and, and provide them a little more manpower, They've got a wonderful ecosystem of partners all around the world to choose from. And you. they're, you know, they're, they're doing it and it's, they're certified by us. Very so cool. it's a, it, it's, it's something that you, you really have to think about the, it, it, the delivery of that. And like I said earlier, it's not about how you store information. And too many times I've seen companies approach it that way. Well, we can store that information or, and if and if they ever come up with a solution that has a search bar on top of it, that means that <laughs> you're going to bring back everything to that person that they that they sure. don't need as well as what they do need, and they've got to figure it out. They've got to at the moment somebody's breathing on the other end of the phone, or they've got a, a deadline in front of them. Yeah. They've got to figure out what's the right one, the latest one, the compliant one. It, 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 was this change? Did I get an email on a change? Oh, wait a minute. Somebody dropped something on my desk that said, oh, that regulation is going into effect tonight. So which version do I use? Right? Yeah, in our system, the, the version of the system is the one you use. It's that simple. simple. Interesting. No, that, I, I think that's great. And I think a lot of people overlook that, right? And you're right. I, I think just to get back to your search example, the only people that do search well is Google. And you could argue that, but like the other companies that have tried to to build their own search, including Microsoft, just nobody's going to build as good of search as Google. And they're not and especially they're not going to build it for just your internal content to get you exactly what you need almost instantly. It's just not going to happen. Like it, it's just it's like unattainable. Right. And we use an elastic search, which is sure. absolute best in the industry for this type of information. Right. And, and we, you know, we control it to look at, at everything. So the entire database is accessible to it. But the reality is, is that if somebody's building something today and they use search, by sheer definition of search, search uh, engines are built on the premise of bring me back everything that may look like my search criteria yeah. i don't have time to look at everything yeah. you, you know if you bring back everything whether it's everything from external or it's a federated search across 
five of our databases and say, okay, well, here's how we're going to approach this. We're going to use a search solution to bring the agent, let's just talk like it's the contact center sure. agent, we're going to bring them back everything from five different databases. Imagine drinking from the fire hose like yeah. that, that all of a sudden you're inundated and you've got someone on the other end that you know might be at, at the pharmacy with her, with her child trying sure. to wait for uh, an, an inhaler uh, to be approved by the, the, you know, the insurance company or you know, uh, waiting for roadside assistance to get a tow truck to them because they're stuck on the side of the road in a sketchy part of town sure. and they need to feel safe. Yep. Or, or maybe they're you know, husband and wife um, at the bank trying to get their first mortgage to buy their first house, right? Yep. You, you know, when you've got that responsibility, you don't have time to look at everything. Not you fair. need the answer and you need it to be given to you in a way that you can turn that into action to satisfy the task that's at hand. Sure. And then how do you guys price it? Is it per user? Is it per uh, call? Or how does that work? Well, there's two models, right? Okay. One is uh, our system, our, our, um, our standard system out of the box is a per user price. Okay. And uh, that with volume gets real inexpensive. Sure. And then the other one is we have a lot of companies that say, you know what? I can see we're connecting the knowledge into another application makes even more sense because uh, okay. now we're getting to the last mile. They're already in an application. Right. If the knowledge can be served up at the same time in the CRM or core system or whatever it is. Right. So they look at our API set, Smart. which can bring them all that information that their folks are using and allow them to connect it. And then there's a per transaction call on that. And quite honestly, it's the most affordable solution you might even think about um, going that way because it, it gives you the best of both worlds. You could develop it for certain groups of people, but you sure. can also connect it to any app. And, you know, we have connectors um, that can connect to 1,400 different other cloud apps. Okay, wow. Uh, or you can use our digital orchestrator, which allows you to connect in any flavor of thing that you're, you've got today or anything you buy tomorrow. I mean, our approach has always been technology agnostic because we don't know today what CRM system you've got, sure. but we can connect to it. We don't know what chatbot, maybe you've got IBM Watson, or you've got Microsoft's Lewis platform, or you've got some other flavor of chatbot, sure. we can connect to it, right? So we, yeah. we always keep a universal approach to this because we wanna be the vendor of highest value so that you don't outgrow us, we can uh, you can keep growing into using more of our system. Sure. Do you guys do any custom development, or is that left up to the client? Um, the way we do that is, uh, and we don't do the custom development because we are SaaS or right. cloud platform. So sure. that means you know we have to we have to any changes that we make or any improvements is available to everyone right. right across the world in all the languages etc but our partners our integration partners right. and okay. companies that develop us in in more of a, a, con a connected way develop connectors that can also affect how our system works right, right. so uh, we can give a lot of control there allow them to customize things 
if you, you could bring us into your Salesforce or your Microsoft Dynamics uh, solution, and you can, you can pretty much uh, have carte blanche on how it operates. Okay. No, that makes sense. Well, I guess it leaves it up to the client to decide how out of the box or custom they need it to be. And maybe that's they start out of the box and then they move to some customizations down the road. And it doesn't really matter, right? Because as long as the data pulls into whatever interface, hardware, software, online device, it doesn't really matter, right? Because the data is in one central place. That's actually really interesting and very cool. Correct. Yeah, it could serve up your mobile apps. Maybe sure. if, you, if you have mobile apps, maybe you have field service out in the field. Maybe you've got uh, engineers on poles or you know in the basements of, of buildings and they're using Google Glass or Microsoft HoloLens sure. uh, or in a hospital and they want the, the cor correct procedure to be coming up right inside the glasses. Very right? cool. Uh, we've got, you know, we've got uh, uh, connectivity with Microsoft that we uh, we do some of those too. Some some of the best demos you can imagine. Um, they're still like kind of expensive, sure. Um, and not every company is is moving down that path. But the ones that are looking at it from a critical future and they're creating roadmaps on where they want to be in five or ten years, those kinds of companies they're coming our way because they see that we're you know we're we're bu building these things way out so that you can you can grow into it and you're not going to have to say well gee we need another tool now because they don't do uh, this for our field service or our our engineers you know or whatever and that's the way we always approach our development is how can a company just see us as the thing that can give them a 10 year plus horizon rather than a 2 year Sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. And it's funny because people don't realize how long, if you have a lot of content that's been changed a number of times over the years, moving to another system can take years, if not decades, right? And so having a system that you put in place that obviously you can update, but you can keep integrating and modifying and adding different types of verticals or devices, hardware and software related as you you grow or as just the world changes and adds new technology but being able to pull the same data to different screen sizes or in your phone or out in the field or to glasses or to your to your car or wherever is actually super super important and i think a lot of people don't realize that until they have to go from their archaic system into a new modern system they think oh this is going to be awesome it's like sure it'll be awesome in five years when we get all the content into it right and actually start using it but like if you guys can get somebody up and running within an hour and sure it might take them weeks or however long to import their data they can start using it right away am i on the right track you you're absolutely on the right track and that's that's the philosophy that we've always operated by and that's why Companies don't leave us. I mean, we, sure. you know, we not only do we have great customer success people that work with our customers, they always have access to the right experts, the time that they need them. I mean, we even put chat on our customer uh, on our customer portal. So even if they have a question on how would you handle something like this, right. there's someone to answer it 24 hours a day. You know, there's an expert by their side 
Sure. We don't leave their side, even if even if they've had a partner implement uh, some of their their uh, uh, the pieces of their content. Um, they're still our customer, and right. we still offer them what we call a Pandiva Pro session. There's okay. a pro for you, whether they have a service contract with us or not. They get an hour of a of a pro expert every single month, even if it's just to learn what's new or learn how to use something or run an idea by, or, hey, we've got a new department that's thinking about doing this. How would you approach that? You know, we believe that it's, that it's those types of things that make our customers more successful. And that's what they're hoping from us all the time. So we, we take that very seriously. And wherever we can give that, and we do the same with our partners. You know, when our partners sign on board, they, yeah, they go through a vigorous uh, uh, certification process, but if they need to talk to someone in our marketing department, our sales department, uh, our business development department, or they need to, you know, think through pricing or what have you, we're just one click away. We have an expert ready to stand by them. So our customers count on the fact that, you know, not only do we provide them with all these great things, but we provide our partners with those so they get that level of service with whoever they choose. No, that's very cool. But Steve, we're coming to the end of the show. So let's close with mentioning where people can get more information about you guys and any other links you want to mention. Absolutely. That'd be great. So um, the easiest place is obviously our website, which is at uh, panviva.com, www.panviva.com. And they can... Uh, they can certainly find us on Twitter. They can find us on LinkedIn. They can find us on Facebook. Uh, just look up Panviva, uh, and uh, they'll—I'm sure—they'll get to us. And uh, you know, the the thing is, we're at a lot of events. Uh, they can look for us at a lot of industry events in healthcare and in financial services. And we would love to have people come by, meet us. Uh, we have our 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 own training facilities and. People come in for training all the time, and and that's sometimes the best uh, the best way for us to to really get to know uh, our customers and what what they're looking for. We do a lot of uh, roundtables, a lot of webinars, and a lot of customer councils too. So we we get our customers involved a lot, and uh, without them, hey, we wouldn't be in <laughs> we wouldn't be sure. in jobs. So we understand how important they are. Very cool. Well, Steve, I really appreciate you taking the time in your day to be on the show, and I look forward to keeping in touch with you, and have a good rest of your day, man. Ah, oh, this is great. Thank you very much, Kevin. Thank Take you. Care. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at buildingthefutureshow.com to join the free community, sign up for our newsletter, or to sponsor the show. The music is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.